What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest. And we're on. And after many, many technical difficulties, we're actually recording. And it's me, Alf. With Simon, with Chris, we're two and zero, guys. The Jets, the very hateable, the newly hateable New York Jets, we beat them twenty to twelve. What were your impressions of this game, Chris? Uh, mashed potatoes. Uh, I kept <laughs> passing around the picture uh, all all during the game that somebody had brilliantly photoshopped of Sam Darnold's head in with a bowl of potatoes, and. Uh, to figure out which one was actually not a potato. And uh, that that's um, that's what I came away with because the Dolphins just embarrassed him in his first start at home. Uh, although he shouldn't really be that embarrassed. He's a rookie. Uh, he did he did all right. And um, But otherwise, the Dolphins are doing exactly what we thought we were going to see them do. And, and that's, that's what I walk away from this game. You know, with the impression of is uh, is that they're doing exactly what we thought they were going to do on offense and defense, and it's working. Yeah, I thought it was. Um, I I I thought it was not perfect by any means, but look, to go up twenty to nothing on the road in New York with Tannehill coming back from injury uh, and doing it the way that we did, I thought you know underlined just how impressive generally. It's been so far, and look, it's early, but lots of really positive things, you know, and we could talk ad infinitum about all sorts of things, but no pre-snap penalties, you know, look at the way that we're defending the run, look at the way we're defending the pass with one of the, now, clearly one of the best secondaries in the NFL, you know, we're running the ball really, really well, 
Ryan's making the plays when he needs to. It was disappointing in the second half that we sort of got a bit kind of, and it's one of those things that we've talked about and that Gaze has talked about in the past where the game almost kind of gets away from him a little bit. And I felt like the play calling at times became a little bit pedestrian, a little bit vanilla, a little bit too obvious. And they, they sort of got away from, they sort of got away with one towards the end with that kind of the reverse and the Drake run where they lost yards, ended up a third and 19, and then Ryan makes that great throw under heavy pressure as his arm gets hit, and Gore makes the, the Franco-Harris type catch to, to pick up the first down and essentially put the game away. That You'd like to see them keep the, the, the pedal on the, the, the foot to the pedal, as it were. But overall, listen, you take a road win against your biggest against your biggest rivals when everybody else was doubting you. For me, we're 2-0, and and let's bring on the Raiders. I'm pretty excited that we have what looks like could be the rebirth of the Jets Dolphins rivalry going forward. Like you got to figure that Tom Brady is not going to be playing forever. And the bills look to be about 30 or 40 years away. So it could be us for a very long time with their new quarterback, which, you know, I don't know, you know, the returns, the early returns, they like him. I think he looks okay. He has a long way to go. I, but, I actually, I thought he, I thought he's going to, He's going to be good. Yeah, he's going to be really good. He had some moments there. He's going to be really good. And, you know, you add in, you know, I like their two running backs, Crowell and and Powell, and they've got some nice – Robbie Anderson's a nice receiver. Um, Quincy Inunua's a a terrific slot player. You think when they get a really good number one and a really good running back and then a tight – you know, I think the sky's the limit for that kid here. And, look, he's still only a baby. He's still – what is he, just 22? I yeah. think um, I think the upside is tremendous. Just want to say, you know, we have a we laugh and we joke about this, and we talked about it on on Twitter earlier on. But we have a social media, um, we have a um a WhatsApp group that we've had for many years. Two of us mentioned the words that rhyme with pooper hole in the in the immediate aftermath of uh, of us beating the Jets. The two people that mentioned that, and we'll say no names, Alf and Chris, but the two people that mentioned that, 24 hours later, are you sticking with that assessment or have we slightly come back down to earth? Did oh, you really I am... just have to say pooper hole? <laughs> yeah. Things that reminded me of the words Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I think. I think that... Um... The, the de- developments I walk away with uh, so far this in just two games is, and the biggest one is, you've already said it, the secondary was amazing, and it's those, the trio of corners. They brilliantly moved Bobby McCain to the outside so that Minka Fitzpatrick could play the slot, uh, which is the position that made him famous at Alabama. Yeah, and there's something to be said for that. Okay, this is he—he he got to be worthwhile, worthy of a top ten pick by playing this position. And I know that we're all very satisfied with how Bobby McCain was playing this position, but flat out Minka has been better mm. than Bobby. Are we are we going to argue that? No. Like than what Bobby McCain was doing at slot. I think Minka's been better in yeah. two games. Yeah. And uh and so and that's a very that's a very daring decision they made to do that. And they put Bobby on the outside, they put Minka in the slot, and Xavier Howard has ascended to exactly where we thought we he could. Yep. And so we've got three corners that are on complete lockdown out there. And when you have that on defense, everything really changes because uh, all these equations really change. All these previous expectations 
have to change, I think, because you know that you've got a pass rush. As long as you've got Cameron Wake and now Robert Quinn, you know that you've got a pass rush. Um, and so on the other side of the ball, we also know that we have Kenyon Drake on, on offense, and we know what Ryan Tannehill can do when he's got a ground game, which he's had in these two games. And we know how the offensive line was constructed, and I realize that Josh Sitton is no longer there, but even so with Juwan James, Laramie Tunsil, uh, Daniel Kilgore, Jesse Davis, um, you know, it's we know how they're constructed. We know what they're capable of. I think, yeah, the the ceiling is very high on this team, a lot higher than than we would have thought because of that development in the secondary. It's um, it can't be overstated. I completely agree, and I'll tell you that I, I gave you a qualifier. I said if they start off four zero with a win in New England, and it's proven that these New England Patriots, which seem to be adding Josh Gordon here of late. But if these New England Patriots are not good and the Dolphins stumble their way into a bye week in the first week, in the for the first week of the playoffs, then my expectations start moving way, way up. But we're ahead of ourselves. We've only won two games. We've got to win two more before we really start thinking about higher expectations. But this team stops the pass, can throw it, stops the run, and can run it. Mm-hmm. And then on top and of plays, all of that, you have great special teams. You have Jakeem yeah. Grant and you have a great punter. Like, uh, okay, where's the weakness? What, our field goal kicker? Wait. So he I'm it. pretty happy with the way the team looks so far. Coming up, we're going to talk about 17, his second game back. How did he do? Some people were saying he played really badly. That's clearly not the narrative. That's clearly not, not what happened. And we'll tell you why. But Christopher, we have some bills to pay. Pay them. I want to introduce you to our new sponsor, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayburn. You can find them at uh, the website, http colon forward slash forward slash one call legal, that's all one word, dot com, or call 1 855 5000 LAW law. They handle cases including, but not limited to, car accidents, slips and falls, criminal, immigration, family, bankruptcy real estate, wills, trusts, and estates, with a new 15,000-square-foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They will handle cases all over the state. You can call now with 24-7 free service or a free consultation at http colon forward slash forward slash onecalllegal.com. Again, that's 1-855-5000-LAW. Perfect. So, welcome back. Three yards per carry. Me, Simon, Chris, and Alf with me. As always, this is the short review pod. Coming up later in the week, we'll have our kind of a longer preview of, of next weekend's game against the, the Oakland Raiders, who didn't look at all bad yesterday, despite defeat to, to the Denver Broncos, essentially on the, on the final play of the game. We will get to that. How do you think Ryan Tannehill did yesterday, numbers-wise? fairly fairly decent under 200 yards good completion percentage excellent qb rating two touchdowns no interceptions couple of sacks one fumble in a john beck-esque ugly moment but generally i thought he played very well people talk about him as an alex smith game manager and actually i th- you know i think a that's unfair but b i thought he managed the game really well yesterday and critically he was able to to keep drives going using his legs. First play of the game, he ripped off that long 25-yarder. But then on that final drive, a couple of those read options that he just uh, he scooted for, the, for for critical first downs, made yardage with his feet, uh, and did not look like a guy who'd missed you know 
almost 600 days with, with two knee injuries. Um, I thought generally it was a it was a decent performance. Alf, what did you think? I went on Twitter, and I was expecting everybody to start singing his praises, how he's the one who killed the, that last drive. If you remember, he had almost the entire 44 yards, minus that 25-yarder earlier in the game, in that last drive. He had two critical runs in that last drive, including the one that ended the game. I thought he really, really managed the clock well. Remember, they got the ball back with over six minutes left, and the Jets never got the ball back. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm. Okay, when when you have an eight point lead, I'm you know I'm not going to go into my crystal ball and go back in time, but if this were last year's team, Jay Cutler throws it twice, and we're punting, and who knows that game's probably going into overtime. But not this even one. even in 2016, it feels like in that situation we end up punting and maybe. They do tie it, and we go into overtime and kick the field goal and win. I mean, because that team was always just a field goal, you know, at the end. He's he's 9-1 and in his last 10 starts. Only Carson Wentz is is the equal of him. I mean, you you can color it any way you like, but he's 9-1 and in his last 10 games, and that stands for something. Yeah, Yeah. you know what it really reminded me of? It reminded me of 2008. Do you remember when they played the Broncos in Denver? Yeah, And they were in a similar situation. They were up a little less than a touchdown. They got the ball back, and they were playing. Actually, they were actually playing against Jay Cutler. Okay, And in that game, they got the ball back very, very late in the game in what was a pretty hostile environment against a good team. And they started a drive, and they ended the drive at the five-yard line, kneeling it out after a Ricky Williams run. So that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of that team. Which, contrary to you know, the popular belief, I thought was a really, really good football team. They just ran into a team that was better in the playoffs. Is that is that the game? Did Greg, Greg Camarillo end up with something like ten or fifteen yes. catches? Yes, in that, game? That, that was the game where he had a ton of catches, including on that okay. game, on that on that drive. He caught like I think it was a third and nine or something like that. I he converted a third and nine. I think it was Dominique Foxworth or something. Couple of um, couple of questions that um, as we slightly veer off topic, a couple of questions that people have thrown, a couple of accusations in inverted commas that people have thrown. Ryan took two sacks, um, essentially trying to extend the play in the pocket, but showed uh, perhaps on the first one he probably should have gotten rid of the ball. The second one, he was inside the tackle box. If he throws it away, it's probably going to be a penalty. what did you think of that? Those two decisions. Should he have just thrown the ball away and lived to 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 play another day, or do you, in some ways, commend him for for hoping that a guy is going to come open? Where, where do you stand on that? Because fans were listen, pretty much split. Listen, it's obvious you want to get a guy to throw the ball away if you can. Um, uh, obviously, you would rather do that than take a sack. But that's, I mean, that's a little bit pie. That can be a little bit pie in the sky sometimes. Uh, this is middle pressure that we're talking about. The pressure that they were facing in this game from the Jets were blitzes and you know delayed blitzes from the linebackers or stunts coming across the middle. We talk a little bit about Ted Larson, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that later. But um, there were some issues, not just with Larson, but also with Daniel Kilgore and others picking up stunts, and so there was middle pressure and that's what Tannehill was feeling he was he was seeing guys flash right in front of him right up the middle and that made him uncomfortable it was clear that he was uncomfortable but here's what he was also doing they're on the road in a hostile environment this is not a home game so you don't be aggressive in those situations you don't um you don't try and 
throw the ball into a crowd or, you know, try and see what happens. Uh, there wouldn't be any, you know, this is as good as a punt play on the road uh, in a hostile atmosphere. You play it safe, you take the sack, you punt, and you live to fight another day. That's the way you play it when you're on the road. That's that's the conservative way that you play the game when you're in somebody else's, you know, hostile environment. So it, I think people need to be aware of that a little bit um, when they're t- thinking about those sacks that he took. And I think that uh, it's going to be a little bit after losing Josh Sitton before he starts to feel a little bit more comfortable with the middle of the offensive line. But I'll tell you what, if you watch that touchdown pass, they squeezed in there to AJ mm-hmm. Derby. Uh, um, that was a play where you saw the middle of the line, particularly Ted Larson stiffen up anchor really well. And you could see the room that he had in front of him and you could see the increased comfort level and what did he do? He he backed up like a few steps and just, and just like bounced on his heels. Slid slightly to the right, didn't he? Ball. Yeah, absolutely. He he rocketed that ball right in there. He looked perfectly comfortable. And this is the tan hole you can get if you give him a little protection on some of those extended time plays. I, I, so, thought, I, thought, um, the, I thought the Frank Gore third and 19 was indicative of this kind of guy that we've seen for years in that he takes a licking but kind of keeps on ticking. He stood, I mean, that was an all-out blitz. A, it was brilliantly picked up by the line because they gave him excessive amounts of time. And he stood tall and he, you know, with guys around his feet and guys around his knees and guys around his arms and his arm got hit as he was making the throw. Yep. I thought he that, that was a superb play. The one disappointing play, the one that he left on the field, was the deep ball to Albert Wilson where he threw it outside. Yep. I mean, Wilson had four yards on, um, on Mo Claiborne. And if he throws it inside, it's a 65, 70-yard touchdown. Yeah. Um, and he just overthrew him to the outside. Which... Well, he, he went for it. You yeah. Can see, I mean, he just he just tried. He belted that thing out there, and um, yeah. and it is too bad. If it's Jakeem Grant, maybe it's not overthrown, but it's uh, you know a guy with a little bit different speed. Still fast, of course, but um, I think that that was unfortunate. But hey, we we saw him connect perfectly on that pass just a week ago. And if you go by the percentages and what's normal. That's what people often lose sight of is what's actually normal on plays like that, the accuracy. And um, that he's, he's still right on point, so it's not something that you can be criticized for. But on that play, that third and 19 that you're talking about where, um, where he throws it to, to Frank Gore and you know Gore picks it up off his shoe tops, uh, the thing about that to notice about what happened with the pocket on that is, is they kept him clear in front in the middle of the play. Uh, all of the pressure was washing to the outside mm, mm. and allowed him to step up and into the pocket. That's what's critical for Ryan Tannehill. He is very comfortable dealing with pressure when you allow him the ability to step up and step up and out of the pocket. He doesn't and like face-on pressure, does he? No, no, no not at all. No. And and so you're going to see that a lot. That's what that's that's going to be a running theme throughout the year, but it, it's true of all quarterbacks, mm. I think. Tom Brady, Tom Brady's the perfect example, isn't he? Brady, sure. for yeah. years we've talked as Dolphin fans and watched, you know, even going back to that old Tiger formation that we used to run with Jason Taylor, where Jason you almost right. used to play middle linebacker. 
we knew that if you get middle interior pressure on Tom Brady, and it's been the same since he first came into the league as it was yesterday against Jacksonville, you can do that. He is not the same quarterback. If you get peripheral pressure off the edge, then he's, his pocket manipulation and, and ability to slide and move is pretty much second to none in NFL history. So it, Ryan is very similar in terms of just han- just cannot handle interior pressure at all, can he? No. That's right. No. And... To be honest with you, on I have some some pretty strong critiques of his game. I thought he played well, well enough to win, but he has to step into that throw. He's not Aaron Rodgers on that deep throw to Albert Wilson. If he steps into it, he might take a lick, but he completes that pass. I'm pretty sure he does because it seemed a little hurried and it seemed like he kind of just winged it out there. Uh, he was just hoping that he could hit him instead of actually hitting him. And I think you got to take care of the football. You got to have a clock in your yeah. head, and you got to sense that Jamal Adams is pretty fast. And you saw him come off that corner because that's why you escaped the pocket in the first place. You got to think he's getting to you, okay? You got to think it just broke down. Just throw it away. Don't try to hold it and hold it and hold it and hope that somebody just pops open at the last second. So, yeah, my critique is take care of the football. If you take care of the football, this team is going to win a lot of games. Let me let me do some little housekeeping here. It was November second of two thousand eight. And Jay Cutler throws a touchdown pass to Peyton Hillis with 11 minutes and 15 seconds left to draw the Broncos within two at 19 to seven, at 19 to 17. The Dolphins then take the ball and go on a 16-play, nine-minute drive that culminates on a Ronnie Brown touchdown to win the game, 26 to 17, and return it to Jay Cutler with just two minutes left and down two scores. That's what that reminded me of. On Sunday, so would you have bet that the Dolphins would have kept the ball for that long? I probably wouldn't, given the way that the half had gone. But if I had have felt like a bet, and if I had have felt like we were doing it, do you know what I'd have gone, boys? I'd have gone to betdsi.com because the NFL and NCAA seasons are, as obviously can be seen every Saturday and Sunday, back underway. So it is time to take your pigskin knowledge to the bank with betdsi.com. They are celebrating 20 years online. They've got an impeccable reputation for great service and fast payment for your winnings. They've got an excellent mobile interface. We've all used it. So you can play, win, and get paid anytime, anywhere. So to help you get started with some extra bang for your buck, BetDSI are offering you double your money on your first deposit. That's right. Deposit to start winning and get up to $2,500. That's $1,000 free. You heard me. Double your money from the get-go. When it comes to football, BetDSI has every wager you could ever want or imagine. If it's happening in sports, they'll put a line on it. The NFL, the NCAA, Major League Baseball, the UFC, the Premier League, eSports. You can even bet on political stuff like impeachments or whether Better or Rourke will beat Ted Cruz. You know you're ready to win, so join BetDSI today using promo code YARDS101. That's YARDS101 to get in the action and get paid. So don't stand on the sidelines this season. Be in it to win it and enjoy the games that much more when you play at betdsi.com. Now, I listened to the Bulls cast boys who were very funny the other day doing that read and it probably took them 20 minutes and they pissed about, talked about pizza, talked about, one of them was talking about getting a, one of them was talking about getting a prostitute, getting fat, how many pizza boxes, the cat, the cat had been sick all over it, the cat had been sick all over stuff. The boys were killing it, but honestly, if I was Mr. Bet DSI, I'd be like, "What in God's name is going on here?" But um, like all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Slim just segues out of nowhere to like, <laughs> I was thinking about getting a horror. The it other was day. very funny. 
I was on, I was on the treadmill at the gym and I almost had to stop because I was laughing so much. But, um, I, I, I like that that he was sitting around and he was contemplating order in or order, order out. out. And then he was worried that the prostitute would not like how messy his apartment was. And then he talked about how the cat had puked up on his on his dresser. No wonder she wouldn't want to come round. I bet he has. Like I bet he hasn't wanting to get around to cleaning it. I bet he hasn't changed this, the bed sheets. They must be absolutely hanging. But I'm surprised the bed sheets don't. I'm surprised the bed sheets don't just get up and walk out of the room. They're so stiff. They've probably been. They've probably been on since Christmas. Oh my God! Could you imagine the poor the poor prostitute if she actually did have to get into that bed? I'm sorry, Slim, my man. You're funny, but fuck me. I am, I am certain she's dealt with worse. I'm. I'm not sure. Whoever. I'm not sure. So the offense. We talked about Tannehill. Chris, overall thoughts on the offense? I think that, uh, first off, they have three wide receivers right now that are getting not quite an equal share of the snaps. Uh, clearly, Kenny Stills is, is the alpha of the group, getting uh, getting a lot more snaps than everybody else, then Danny Amendola, and then Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant are running about the same number of routes with one another. They have three wide receivers right now that are averaging over two yards per routes run. And this is a, a pro football focused statistic, but it's one that I've been tracking since before they even started tracking it themselves. And it's, it's really, I think it's a really uh, telling statistic. It's, uh, it's one that I've used you know, analytically over, the, over a decade, and it's been very helpful. There were only 15 of these guys in the entire NFL last year. Uh, averaging over two yards per route. Miami has three of them, and it's all on you know a fairly egalitarian snap share. And I think I just can't help but look at it and say this is exactly what Adam Gase had in mind when he traded Jarvis Landry away. And uh, and, and we're seeing it, and it's working. I mean, they 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 get touchdowns. They um, they've scored some points. They've gotten yards. They've had efficient passing. We've talked about Ryan Tannehill. He's got a 105 passer rating. Um, it's leading to uh, to something else. Like the the Dolphins have the top uh, passer rating differential in the league right now between offense and defense, along with the uh, the the Rams. Actually, the Rams are just feel stupid good right now. Um, yeah. But the yeah, I mean this is this is the team that we're getting efficient passing and uh, and the underrated the thing that people aren't talking about is. We're talking about 130 yards per game on 4.7 yards per carry of rushing against two of the defenses that were among the better defenses in the NFL last year against the run, the Jets mm-hmm. and the uh, the Titans. And they've done this. They've done this against both of those teams separately. It wasn't just like you know dominating one game and didn't run the ball at all in the other game. They've been had a consistent ground game, and that's been and it's been really inventive. Uh, between Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore, Ryan Tannehill on his zone reads. Um, they're using split zone to go against, uh, to find running lanes against odd front defenses. They're using, um, they're doing power uh, runs, which we haven't really seen from Adam Gase in a while. Um, it's it's really interesting. They're using Albert Wilson in the backfield like a running back. It's pretty crazy. And they're developing a really dominant ground game. And it's starting to give the offense... Uh, that thing that everybody is saying that Miami doesn't have, which is an identity. And I think that if you're looking at them and you look at what they did against the Titans and then what they turned around and did against the Jets, 
this is what they're doing. They're running the football against those teams' nickel defenses, and they're dominating that way. Alf, one guy not seeing the ball is Mike Jasicki. Are we surprised? I said rookie tight ends. He's not gonna. He's not gonna catch a lot of balls. Certainly not early in the season. He's actually been blocking. His blocking's been pretty decent at times, but he's he's not been. He's had one throw target. One target. Uh, this season, which was the horrendous interception in the end zone that Malcolm Butler had. Beyond that, he's not been thrown to at all. Are you surprised, or were we just overrating the fact that you know he'd look good in preseason and he'd look good at the, the combine and whatever? He is a rookie after all. Well, uh, we all know how Adam Gase can be, and he seems to have it in his head that he just doesn't trust them. I guess in a lot mm-hmm. of those sets, in case that maybe they blitz off of his side. Because maybe you know Matt Burke burned it into his head in, the, in all of those practices and all those and in that especially in that scrimmage where he kept blitzing his side to force him into pass pro and he was hit or miss. I thought he I thought he was more hit than miss, but it's the regular season now and Adam Gaze can get a little squirrely and a little nervous around rookies. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me that you know we're two games in and he has he has exactly two targets I believe right. Or yeah. just that one in the end zone. What about oh, no, he caught, that other one. He caught, he it. caught he the pass? Yeah, yeah he, he was actually he the eleven yarder, and then he got I he forgot that target one. in the end zone. Um, so, yeah, I think that his you have to pay attention, or you have to at least um, give this to him. He had nearly as many snaps as AJ Derby in this game. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah. thirty-three and versus thirty-two, or something like that. And and, uh, and the run blocking, you know, he had far more run blocking snaps than A.J. Derby did, and he had far more pass-blocking snaps than A.J. Derby did. So there's sort of, a, a, I think, a fan perception out there that what's going on is Gesicki's just not getting on the field because he sucks at blocking, and, and that's that's what's really getting away. That's not the case. It is it is exactly, exactly the opposite. He's getting out there, and he, in some cases being used as sort of the blocking guy. He's on the field more, uh, than, the, the, more than the actual blocking tight end in Durham Smart, isn't he? I mean... You know. That's right. Durham Smythe was on the field nine snaps. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just not he's he's sort of an afterthought. And against the Jets, they used thirteen personnel, which is three tight ends. Um, they used very little twelve personnel, which is two tight ends. Um, and but he was on the field. I'll I'll, I'll finish with this on on Mike Gesicki because this is important. I think he was on the field as the single the lone tight end twenty five times this weekend. And on those 25 snaps, as with him as the only tight end that's out there, they ran the ball 15 times for 99 yards. That's a 6.6 yards per carry average. And they also passed the ball 10 times for 82 yards, which is you know also a great average. They're having a productive. They're having a productive offense when he's out there. It's just that the ball is not finding him. And I, I know we hate this. This is like our pet peeve, Simon. When when you come out of the game. And Adam Gase is like, well, we had stuff in for him, but oh. we just didn't. Get it. Yeah, and, and but that's exactly what we're facing right now. Uh, that's exactly what Adam Gase is saying coming out of these games. We had stuff in for him, we just didn't get to it. But it, it's further than that because he's out there, and they just didn't get to it. Yeah, let me say one thing about the about the offense. I thought that the receivers, especially on the outside, had had their issues uncovering. But let's give credit where it's due. AJ Derby on that touchdown that he got. What, what he did for Ryan Tannehill was what a great tight end should always do. Uh, he broke off his route, and he faded toward an open spot and basically led Tannehill to that pass. 
Like, Tannehill had to have the anticipation. If you watch when he throws the ball, he anticipates that Derby's going to separate toward that, that part of the field. And that's exactly where Derby went. He it's came exactly right back what to you the wish. It's exactly what you wish Ryan Tannehill would have done a week ago when Jakeem Grant broke, broke like that. Exactly. Uh, on the deep. Uh, it was an adjustment. It was one of those those eye-to-eye adjustments where, you know, Derby, if you watch his route, you know, he runs his route, it's covered. But Derby recognizes, okay, he has protection back there. If I fade toward the quarterback and to his strong, his, to his right arm, mm-hmm. you know, he can't miss me because there's a lot of field to throw to. And that's exactly what Tannehill did. Tannehill anticipated and said, look at all of that grass that I could throw this ball to. And he throws a strike over there, and Derby just runs right under it. We'll, um, we'll talk more on Thursday night, because mainly because it's 2.45 in the morning here, um, about the Ted Larson, Josh Sitton situation and how well Larson played. I just want to flick it to the defense quickly before we get out of here. People talked pre-season about uh, no and Damakon Sue, no and Damakon Sue, Dolphins are going to be terrible, Sue's gone, Sue's gone. We, we've gone from allowing 4.1 yards per carry last season, which was 16th in the league, to, to 3.3 yards per carry this season, which is third best in the NFL. In terms of uh, in terms of against the pass, we're now allowing seventy nine yards. Oh, we're allowing seventy nine yards per game on the ground, which is eighth best in the league compared to the one hundred and ten point five last season, which was which was fourteenth uh, against the pass. Passer rating against us, Dolphins have gone from fifth worst in the league, which was ninety four point eight, to the very best in the league, only fifty six point six. Defensively, this team is looking very solid in all three phases. Yes, there's there's, situ- there's areas that we would like to see improvement from. You know, we're not getting sacks, although the, the, the ends are playing very well, and certainly they're playing very well in the run game. The linebackers, you, you want to see more out of, of Raekwon, especially. Um, you know, Kiko has played, I, I thought Kiko was tremendous on Sunday. The secondary... Name a better secondary in the NFL currently because I'm struggling to find it. I mean, if TJ McDonald and Rashad can sort out a few angle issues when it comes to, you know, when it comes to defending passes sometimes, then or even defending the run sometimes, then it would be the probably the potentially the best secondary in the NFL. But but generally, it's been a really good, really good start to the season by Matt Burke's unit. And one thing about the secondary you didn't mention it is uh, this secondary being as good as it's been. That's with Minka Fitzpatrick playing only like sixty yeah. percent of the snaps. Yeah. Because he's not yeah. a full-time player yet, it's sort of ridiculous in our eyes that he's not. But you know, that's the way. It, that's the way it goes. You're either, I mean, if he, if he's if he's going to be in on base defense with four defensive backs on on the field, then he's going to have to supplant T.J. McDonald as the as the safety opposite Rashad Jones, in addition to his primary duty, which is as the slot corner and uh, in nickel. Yeah, I thought Minka Fitzpatrick played such a good game, and that secondary is so good. And Robert Quinn looks rejuvenated. And there was a sequence there where inside of 10 snaps, Devon Godshaw had three tackles and two of them were for loss. He had a great game. He did. Yes. Actually, all of the interior did. They did. Akeem Spence had a phenomenal game. Yeah, he did. Yes. I thought Qu- Taylor applied a lot of pressure. Jordan Phillips almost killed uh, Mr. Potato Head. I thought Quinn so, was. I thought Quinn was super. Quinn had two and a half sacks. I thought he was superb. I thought Xavier Xavier Howard was was fantastic. I mean, he's just so he's so smooth. So, and like you said earlier on, Chris, he's become the cornerback that we all we all thought he was going to be. And you know that interception he had in the end zone was a terrific, oh terrific play. Yeah. Athletically was, terrific play. Terrific, great terrific feet. Play. I recall seeing an interception quite like that no. where he just. He looked like a I mean, receiver. He really ran the route, and it wasn't yeah, it like running the route vertically, just like on a nine or something like that. 
I mean, he really ran that route in the back of the end zone. Mm. It got to the point where Terrell Pryor was was shocked that this guy yeah. was actually undercutting his entire route, which yeah, was just outrunning him and just like doing yeah. it better. It was it was, it was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. I'm sure I'm sure Kiko's going to come up in our final section, but you know he gets enough criticism from from Dolphin fans. He's had a strong start to the season, but I thought that was arguably his best game as a Dolphin yesterday. Two forced fumbles. He was everywhere. He he he's always excelled going forwards. We often we often see most of his struggles when he's forced to turn, when he's forced to run, going backwards, when he's forced to cover. But the Dolphins seem to have found something with him where he's put in positions where he excels, and he has been excelling. He has played very very well, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he he's has. been run, he's been running around like a like a maniac out there. Uh, he's been really really fun to watch. Uh, let me read this one stat because Minka Fitzpatrick retweeted us on the Three YPC account. Let me read this stat before we give out our game balls. And this was just tracking Minka Fitzpatrick in man to man coverage, of which he allowed zero catches on Sunday. Okay, and it seemed to me it seemed to me it was just anecdotal. It was just from watching the game that they were trying to test him deep. Well, the numbers seem to bear it out. In the first half, he was targeted three times in man-to-man coverage by Quincy Anuma. Okay? For a total of 71 air yards. That's 23.6 yards per attempt. Okay? Zero completions. The one time that they targeted him on another route, it was the one that T.J. McDonald intercepted and almost took back to the house. In the second half, they seemed to lay off, but they lined up Robbie Anderson three times on him on the slot. They threw to him once for 24 air yards, another no completion. So in this game, they, t- they tested him four times for a total of 95 air yards, and he allowed nothing. The only completion that I could see that he kind of allowed was in zone, and it was, you could actually make an argument that that was Kiko's man, which was an 11-yard Quincy Anunua completion. But Minka was spectacular, and I'm – Pretty sure, you know, maybe you could find me somebody better, but he could be the best slot corner in football the first two weeks of the season. But this is what I mean when we're looking at, like, Xavier Howard and Minka Fitzpatrick together in, in that secondary as corners. I mean, this this is a game changer. Uh, it mm. really is. I mean, when, when Xavier turned into the guy that he was in the second half of last year, that was, I mean, that really, that really, Really impacted the defensive side of the ball a lot, I thought. And and now that you have two guys that are holding guys in lockdown like that, I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's really something. Mm-hmm. I think uh, just to clean things up on on defense, uh, you mentioned the run defense being really good. They allowed only 13 yards mm-hmm. on 10 runs uh, in base when they put their 4-3 out on the field. That was phenomenal. Um, and then on uh, in nickel... When they were out there, you know, what you want to do, you want to stop the pass when they're a nickel. Um, Sam Darnold only got 6.6 net yards per attempt, but two interceptions in nickel. So uh, so th- these were continuations off of what we saw against Tennessee last week. They, they were just able to keep it going. So um, this, is, this has been a very strong defensive start for the team. Let's get to game balls then. Chris, you want to go first? Who have you got? I'm going to give the game ball to Minka Fitzpatrick for the job that he did, um, you know, locking everybody down from the slot. I thought that you couldn't really understate the importance of it based on what the Jets were trying to do. Uh, they were trying to get the ball to Quincy Anunua on his coverage, 
coach. They also tried to get the ball to Robbie Anderson in critical moments uh, on Minka Fitzpatrick's coverage. And I thought that the cover, they, they made it hard for him. They made it hard for him, and he still shut everybody down. It was, uh, it was really incredible to watch. Alf? Okay, I got, I got three game balls. My first one to Kiko Alonso, and that's the second one for me this year. So he's two for two. 13 tackles, two forced fumbles. He ran around like a maniac. He was really, really fun to watch. He gets a game ball. Minka Fitzpatrick, for all of those stats that I gave you, he was, he was perfect. He was stellar. And a lot of hustle, a lot of good tackles. And the last one to the unsung hero of this season. He punted five balls inside the 20-yard line. Matt Hack, or mm. Hawk, or however you want to <laughs> pronounce it. But you punt five balls inside the 20-yard line, you're helping the defense, you're helping the team, you're helping us win. So those are my three game balls. I've got, a, I've got Alonzo, uh, who I thought we talked about, played terrific. I thought Davon Godchow had, a, had a, probably his best game as a Dolphin. I thought he was terrific in... In, in the middle of that defensive line. Um, and, and I thought Robert Quinn was superb. I'm with you on Matt Hawk. I think, though, that, you know, you look at the numbers and you, you said them you said them all, but the, the, the numbers that really stood out for me was that of those six punts, he averaged 49.2 yards per punt, but the net average was 48.5. There were four return yards only on those six punts. That's an astonishing job. That's an yes. astonishing job that he did. Um, you know, five or six inside the 20, three out of bounds, for four return yards, I, I just thought, you know, kudos to him because every single time we needed it, the, I mean, I, th- I think there was a stat that came up at one point that the, I think in the third quarter that the Dolphins' average starting position was the forty, and the Jets' average starting position was something like the thirteen, and that was his, that was on him, time and time and time again, and we just, you know. For, for the listeners that don't know, we have a WhatsApp group and we're always messaging each other during the games. I don't know how many times we, you know, we kind of on third down when it, you know, we we didn't convert, we get a fuck or a shit or I can't believe it, and then the next thing will be, oh, it's all right. Hawks just nailed another sixty yard or yeah. out of bounds at the three, you know. So yeah, they would be my so game balls. On the road too. Absolutely. Like him doing yeah. that on the road. Absolutely. Alf, take us to church. Well, guys. After a very auspicious start, that's it. There is no more. See you guys Thursday. Thanks for listening to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. 
your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.